Please refrain from posting online and social media reviews of your experiences, as these may be considered testimonials and are subject to regulations under the Securities and Exchange Commission SEC and are not allowed by Gradient Advisors LLC. Clicking like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Advisors LLC and or their affiliated investment advisor representatives. This is Financial Focus with Jeffrey Bird from Financial Concepts. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jeffrey provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Financial Focus with Jeffrey Bird. Hello and welcome back to Financial Focus. My name is Jeffrey Bird from Financial Concepts Wealth Management. If you would like more information about what you hear during the show, please give us a call at 702-346-1335 or visit us online at www.financialconceptsmesquite.com. And while at my website, click on the radio page to check out past shows and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. President Joe Biden's recent signing of the Inflation Reduction Act has drawn significant coverage in both general and financial news sectors. While the bill's name is fairly straightforward, as with most pieces of legislature, the details are anything but. The Inflation Reduction Act includes cash incentives for purchasing electric vehicles, tax breaks to accelerate the country's move to renewable energy sources, and a potential reduction in health care costs for many Americans by allowing Medicare to directly negotiate prices with drug manufacturers. But that's just the tip of the legislative iceberg. On today's show, we're going to peel the Inflation Reduction Act apart in a way that hopefully provides a deeper understanding of what this massive piece of legislation could mean for you, your wallet, and your financial strategy. A Time article, What You Need to Know About the Inflation Reduction Act, has some excellent information for us. First, we should note this certainly wasn't a piece of bipartisan legislation. The bill passed the Senate on a 51 to 50 vote on August 7th, with Vice President Kamala Harris casting the deciding vote. It then squeaked through the House in a 220 to 207 vote on August 12th. President Biden then signed the legislation into law. Many of you will likely recall news stories several months ago regarding Biden's proposed Build Back Better legislation, which was essentially a much larger proposal that included many of the elements from the Inflation Reduction Act. After rounds of negotiations, it was clear Build Back Better wasn't going to make it through Congress and thus the Scaled-Down Inflation Reduction Act was born. I think it's fair to say that climate change is one of the bill's top priorities. It invests more than $360 billion in energy and climate change programs over the course of the next decade. That includes significant incentives for those looking to purchase electric vehicles. In hand with that, it supplies tax breaks designed to increase the pace of the United States' shift to renewable energy. 
Those who support the bill claim it may reduce carbon emissions by almost 40% by the year 2030, which is about 10% less than Biden was hoping for in his Build Back Better legislation. However, goals and reality are two different things, so only time will tell us if that 40% number is accurate. Additionally, the legislation provides $60 billion to cities that are expected to be disproportionately affected by climate change. Many more millions will be supplied to the Native American communities for, quote, climate resiliency fund. So here's the million dollar question, or I guess in this situation, billion dollar question. How's this getting paid for? The aim is for the bill's cost to be covered, at least in part, by a new 15% minimum tax rate that will apply to corporations with profits of $1 billion or more. The bill would also require companies to pay a 1% tax when they buy back their own stock while also greatly enhancing the IRS's tax evasion enforcement. The money for IRS tax evasion enforcement has drawn some of the fiercest criticism of the bill with some arguing it could lead to armed IRS agents knocking on doors to conduct audits. But what's the reality? According to a Kiplinger article, the Inflation Reduction Act and Taxes, What You Should Know, the legislation will funnel an additional $80 billion to the IRS during the next decade. However, to date, it's not clear how that money will be spent. Though it's anticipated the IRS will use around $45 billion to improve its tax enforcement. That may mean increasing staffing levels and bringing badly outdated processing systems up to date. In fact, to that very point, $5 billion is specifically earmarked for technology. Finally, an additional $25 billion of that $80 billion figure is slated for enhancing the IRS's overall operations. So, the legislation is called the Inflation Reduction Act, which I have to admit is certainly attention-grabbing. I mean, given that we're currently in the midst of inflation rates not seen in decades, it seems like targeting inflation is the right move. But you're probably wondering if this legislation will actually do anything to cool inflation. According to the Congressional Budget Office, an independent agency that supplies nonpartisan budget and economic information to Congress, the bill's impact on inflation is likely to be, in its own words, negligible. At the same time, however, the Congressional Budget Office is predicting the legislation will reduce the federal deficit by as much as $102 billion during the next nine years. Earlier in the show, we noted that the bill now allows Medicare to negotiate drug prices directly with manufacturers, and I think we should spend more time on that very important subject. An AARP article, Landmark Bill to Cut Prescription Drug Prices Signed into Law, has the key details. In addition to allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices for the first time, the legislation puts a $2,000 yearly cap on how much Part D prescription drug plan enrollees will have to pay out of pocket for medications and levies tax penalties on drug manufacturers that increase their prices beyond the rate of inflation. Medicare provided insulin 
is also capped at $35 a month and also ends out-of-pocket expenses for many vaccines under Medicare. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office thinks Medicare may save hundreds of billions of dollars over the next decade thanks to its ability to now negotiate the prices of some prescription drugs as well as potential tax rebates to encourage drug companies to keep prices at or below the inflation rate. The newly signed legislation provides a three-year extension to the expanded subsidies and other financial enhancements that were first included in last year's American Rescue Plan that were designed to reduce the expenses of health insurance plans available in the Affordable Care Act marketplace. According to the AARP, those subsidies have been especially critical for people between the ages of 50 and 64, who sometimes pay up to three times more for health insurance. Let's next take a closer look at what the Inflation Reduction Act means for Medicare Part D. Again, for the first time, out-of-pocket expenses for Medicare Part D prescriptions will be capped. For older Americans, that's really a big deal. Beginning in 2025, Part D enrollees won't have to pay more than $2,000 a year for their share of Part D prices. And beginning in January 2023, most vaccines will be free through Medicare, according to the article. And as for Part D, listeners should also be aware that its premiums can't go up more than 6% a year through at least 2029. Additionally, the income ceiling for beneficiaries to qualify for a subsidy to help cover Part D out-of-pocket expenses has risen from 135% of the federal poverty level to 150% of the federal poverty level. That's an increase from 18347 for an individual in 2022 to 20385 for an individual. Let's briefly address how Medicare will be allowed to negotiate drug prices. To start, the legislation allows the Health and Human Services Secretary to start negotiating prices for 10 high-cost prescription drugs in 2023. Those negotiated prices will be put into place in 2026 for Part D and in 2028 for medications covered by Medicare Part B. From there, the number of drugs Medicare is allowed to directly negotiate will increase. By 2029, 60 drugs will be part of the negotiation process. What happens if manufacturers refuse to negotiate in good faith? According to the terms of the law, if a drug manufacturer walks away from the negotiating table, the federal government could hit them with a tax of as much as 95% of their sales from the previous year. Clearly, that's a potential hammer devised to provide drug manufacturers with a clear incentive to continue negotiating until a mutually agreed price is determined. If you enjoyed the show today, please visit www.financialconceptsmesquite.com and click on my radio page. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And finally, if you would like more information on what we discussed today, please give us a call at 702-346-1335. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Be safe, and God bless. Thank you for listening to Financial Focus. Don't pay too much for taxes 
or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Jeffrey Bird at Financial Concepts. Call 702-346-1335 or visit them online at financialconceptsmesquite.com. Jeffrey Bird offers investment advisory services through Gradient Advisors, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 877-885-0508, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Gradient Advisors, LLC, and its advisors do not render tax, legal, or accounting advice. Financial Concepts, Inc. is not a registered investment advisor, is not an affiliate of Gradient Advisors, LLC. Insurance products and services are offered through Jeffrey Bird, independent agent. Financial Concepts, Inc., Jeffrey Bird, and Gradient Advisors, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. Estate plans must be written by a qualified legal professional. Financial Concepts does not offer legal services, but may provide references to legal providers. and may also work with your attorney or legal advisor. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.